Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week on the Get Ready for the Future show, it's an update on markets and the economy from LPL Senior Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich. It's a preview of our mid-year market outlook workshop, and we'll also be letting you know how you can be there. Plus, the seven money mistakes the middle class keeps making and our solutions to help you stop making them. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. All across Arkansas on another gorgeous Saturday in the natural state. We are glad to have you along, whether you're on your way to the hardware store or out on the boat on a lake this weekend. Thanks for bringing us along on the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, and to my left today is John Shrewsbury (laughs) and to his left is Janet Walker. We have shuffled the table today. Maybe for the temporary. first time. It's yeah. just temporary. But we, is this anything like when you call a football game and you tell them that the team is moving left to right on your radio dial? It is. I think that that's an old play-by-play habit yes, right it is. there. Yes, it yes. is. It is also a shift, I guess. We'll call yes. it a line shift today. Yes. So we've been talking all summer about some things uh, just as recently as last week about some challenges to uh, – people deciding to undergo or go into the process of making a financial plan, a written financial plan. And, and there are some mental roadblocks that, that keep people from getting there. But I think we're going to hone in today a little bit on some of the behavioral mistakes that people make. And, and I think this, this, this uh, article that we're going to reference through some of this, the money mistakes the middle class keeps making, is a great jumping off point because I think it's important to point out, as we've done many times on this show, but not everyone has always heard, is that Gen Wealth respects all levels of wealth. Right. And we don't always work with high earners. I think that's a mental block for some people, too. They don't think they have enough money to work with a financial advisor. So when we talk about these behavioral uh, things today, they kind of build on those mental things that we talked about last week. The, The mental block of getting past, I need to go see a financial advisor, can sometimes be compounded from the fact that your behavioral choices have really made you struggle to get to where you want to be. You're absolutely right. You know, from the foundations of Gen Wealth, we have, as you said, welcomed all levels of wealth. And so sometimes, frankly, that means people people come in very early sometimes. And that's okay because we want to help you get started. We know that the more you understand, the better you're going to be on track just throughout your preparation for retirement. Ultimately, that's the, the plan for everybody is to be able to retire even if you're a workaholic, to be able to retire if you have to. And so we want to help you get on track wherever you are. And so we have actually taken the time now to to formalize a program called Gen Wealth Foundations. We've really been doing this stuff for years. It's just the opportunity to put that out there and say, hey, if you're getting started, there is a program set for you. Let me give some context here. There are many firms in our industry that absolutely just turn away anybody that has less than $250,000 of investable assets that they can put with their firm. Uh, They just don't want to work with you if you don't have that. And I just think that's a ludicrous proposition because when you understand the, the demographics of it, that really excludes about 80% of the population from the opportunity to work with a financial advisor. Yeah. Now, there are some advisors that don't have that rule, but there are a lot of them that do. Well, at GenWealth, we've decided to really put our money where our mouth is in, in, in this regard, and we have developed GenWealth Foundations, and we're going to roll that out during the month of August, and, and we'll have more details on this, but regardless of whether you've got $200,000 or you've got $2.50, you will have an opportunity to work with a financial advisor at GenWealth. And and Scott, I believe that, that the education, the behavior change, the modification of thinking yes. uh, along the way 
is what is going to essentially cause the next generation to be able to be profitable and to be able to thrive financially. Mm -hmm. And if we don't start addressing some of those things, if we just say, well, you know, we're not going to fool with anybody under $250,000, then we're leaving a massive number of people to their own wiles as far as their finances are concerned. Well, and I think one of the great benefits of this program is going to be the word ongoing. Yes. I, I think that's a big challenge for people that even if they do go and see a financial advisor, it's often investment talk, get them an investment, and then they never hear from them again. You're right. I, I think that the uh, the analogy that I would make is one that we have made for years on this show is that every athlete has a coach. No, no real team gets on the field without a coach. That coach has a very specific role. He doesn't go out and play the game, but he does give advice. He does give direction. He does give behavior change on the field to the players and things of that nature. And that's the program that we've put together here. It's really a financial coaching program, yeah. not a necessarily uh, planning is a part of it. Right. But that coaching, that ongoing coaching is where I think the difference is i saw a uh, former student of mine recently and he was telling me about just having read rich dad poor dad by mm-hmm. kiyosaki and it's been probably 20 years since i read that book but when we talk about this mindset change it, it really is that you know mm-hmm. the, the whole premise of that book is rich dads teach their kids these things Poor dads teach their kids these things. Well, do you want to change where you are? How were you raised? You have a way of thinking about money in all aspects, whether it's thinking about debt, thinking about how you work, thinking about the money you earn, the money you save, all of those things. You were taught something, whether it was accidentally taught to you Mm -hmm. or intentionally taught to you. The question is, do you need to change your mindset? Mm-hmm. And that's really what this Gen Wealth Foundation's program is set to do. So let's let's kind of pause on Gen Wealth Foundations for just a second, and let's talk about behavior change when it comes to people that have significant money to invest. Mm-hmm. Scott, one of the things that, that we're going to talk to Ryan Dietrich about, not only just the, the mid-year outlook, but also this propensity of people to follow the folks that that are permanently negative about the economy and live in a world where they think that the world is about to end from a financial standpoint. I don't know how that's ever a winning play because if you take a look at the markets janet most of the time the markets are positive most of the time the markets are trending upwards there are recessionary periods where we have downturns in the market and i agree those things are painful we've been through two or three of them in our career but i think that that to let that be the the pacemaker, if you will, for what you're doing from an uh, an economic and an investment standpoint is a formula for losing. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to that mindset and how your mindset impacts your behavior. So and this goes back to get your mind right, doesn't it? Mm. Yes, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Well, when I when I think about the analogies of, of going into hearing all that noise and how it affects your behavior, I think about one of the main reasons I love going to church every Sunday. It gets yeah, your mind right. It does. It sets yes. your behavior in motion. You're challenged. You're encouraged. But then you go back into the real world, right? Right. And that's when you're challenged. And that noise does affect you. So twofold there. We'll talk to Ryan about that, about about uh, choosing wisely the voices you listen to. And we'll also get into these money mistakes that we keep making. And I say we because I've made them too. I think you probably have made them as well. There are money mistakes that this talks about the middle class. I think anybody is susceptible to it. And it's because you know many times mentally the things that you should be doing, but for some reason your behavior doesn't allow you to stop. And it's because of the noise and many times. And and, and quite frankly, we're drawn to glittery things. I mean, I think that's that's a big part of these mistakes in here is is we, we want things. And sometimes we can lose sight of our financial future when we're living in the financial present. Absolutely. If it's going to happen for the middle class, if they're going to have financial independence at some point in time, things have got to change. And we hope that the Gen Wealth Foundations and the things that we're able to provide are going to be a catalyst for that change. Ryan Dietrich is on the other side of the break. Be right back. 
like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. For our radio listeners, coming up after the fastest four, we'll be having our interview with Ryan Dietrich, senior market strategist at LPL Financial for LPL Research. And he's going to talk, John, a little bit about uh, the caution that LPL Research has when it comes to the flattening recently of the yield curve. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the Fastest Four here, the yield curve. So let's talk about what exactly that is first. Sure. So it's basically a graphic depiction of the difference between the yield on the two-year Treasury note and the 10-year Treasury note. And so when you look at, at a normal yield curve, you're going to have a lower yield on a shorter-term note. So two-year would be down here, 10-year would be up here. What's been happening is that the Fed's been tightening interest rates just a little bit, and so short-term rates have come up. Meanwhile, long-term rates have actually come down, and, and you've had this flattening, if you will, of that graph of the yield curve. Now, Scott, there is a lot of discussion and a lot of talk about the yield curve. A lot of people are pointing to the yield curve as saying that it is the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, uh, for a recession. They think that nine out of the last nine recessions have been prompted by uh, a flattening yield curve. Well, I want to tell you that, that a flattening yield curve means absolutely nothing to the economy. It is the cause of a flattening yield curve that that could portend a recession. And what causes a flattened yield curve is a Fed that tightens too much in terms of the monetary supply, raising interest rates, and then causing us to be in a situation where the economy can't thrive. I don't think we're anywhere close to that as far as the Fed being too tight is concerned. And so this anomaly that's going on in the bond market really is much more a factor of something other than a impending recession. So when you talk about that and people say, okay, is the Fed tightening money supply? Likely not. They are raising rates. Yes. But if you look at that in comparison to GDP growth, for instance, right. those rates are still far behind. So we, I guess the point is here that, yes, they're raising rates, but they're still being very cautious the rate that they are raising. Yes, just the, the fact that they're raising rates is not necessarily going to portend a recession. It is when they are too tight on the monetary supply and, and the access to capital for businesses to thrive and grow is restricted, that's when you begin to see a recession come into play. I think what's happening right now is that we have a treasury market that's actually very overvalued. You know, when the stock market got overvalued in, in 2000, and when the stock market go to, got overvalued in 2007, we had recessions because we had a bubble. We had uh, a, an overvaluation, and a lot of people were trying to explain why that was. Well, now what we have is an overvaluation of the treasury market. And I think that is what is driving the real change in the yield curve. Uh, a yield curve itself is not going to cause us to go into a recession. I do think that it is worth watching to see what the Fed does. And always you want to watch what the Fed does because they have the reins on the economy. And if the economy can't have the capital that it needs to be able to grow and, and businesses to flourish and things of that nature because they tighten too much, 
then that could potentially cause a recession. But all these other factors that we see right now, Scott, are not pointing at a recession. And we don't think, and Ryan Dietrich will say this in just a couple of minutes, he doesn't think that we're in for a recession any time in the next six months to a year. And you use that word over, and he'll make reference to that over index that yes. LPL always watches. And the, the yield curve is something they are watching. They are cautious about, but all the other over indexes are relatively normal, yes. to say the least. And we'll hear from Ryan on the radio side. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. The road to financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network. Back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop is just around the corner. It is July 26th, the mid-year market outlook at the Crown Plaza, 630 Little Rock. You can sign up for free at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. And the social media Channels are certainly a buzz with the release of the 2018 mid-year outlook because it comes from our partners at LPL Research. And for stock investors, that outlook is a positive one. Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist with LPL Financial, joins us now on the Get Ready for the Future show, as he is so kind to do every month. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. I'm glad to be back and looking forward to talking our mid-year outlook and what we see happening the rest of the year. Well, we're excited to have you and looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Talk a little bit about the excitement surrounding this. We mentioned the social media channels kind of a buzz. I know this is something that the, the, the folks at LPL really get excited about. It sure is. You know, our mid-year outlook, we have a f over 50-person research team, and I don't know the exact man hours that go into it, but to say it's in the thousands is probably not an exaggeration. You know, the, just all the thought process and the collateral that we create for our advisors and just the way it looks and feels it's it's unique we've won awards for our outlooks and we think this one is just up there with the rest and i'd maybe dare i say the best one we've done yet so we're, we're honored and delighted it's been released and it's been very very well received in both social media and just what we're hearing from people as they write in and let us know that you know we've, we've done another good one it sounds like Ryan, the emphasis has shifted, obviously, in the economy and the markets from monetary policy to fiscal policy in Washington, and that's had a dramatic impact on the prospects of economic growth and the market gains as well. Now, as we head into the second half of the year, do you expect those influences to continue? John, we sure do. You know, I know I was on with you guys about six months ago at the start of the year, and we talked about how things have changed a little bit, where monetary policy had driven most of the gains in the economy and the stock market market for about eight years after the financial crisis. Well, now we've opened up the new toolbox of fiscal policy, whether it be you know deregulation, repatriation, and of course the tax reform. Well, we're just seeing those things starting to get going. You know, we're looking at maybe four percent GDP growth in the second quarter, looking at also twenty percent year-over-year earnings growth two quarters in a row. We think opening up fiscal policy is really going to expand this expansion. This is a nine-year economic expansion. We still think there's a lot of room for another couple years of growth and hopefully higher equity prices along with. Hey, Ryan, we've noticed that you and the research team have moved to a slightly more cautious position on the five forecasters of recession as the yield curve flattens and valuations grow more expensive. But at the same time, you guys still remain positive for the market. So talk about that a little bit with us. Great point, Janet. So clearly when you see valuations, they are a little on the high side, like you just said. So we've moved that on our five forecasters to watch. At the same time, the yield curve is flattening, and it's all over the media where an inverted yield curve has led to nine of the last nine recessions going back to the mid-50s. Now, the good news is the yield curve is not inverted yet, and you know we think there's a chance that we can stave off that quote-unquote inversion, which is so worrisome because the economy's strong. But when we look at the other factors in our five forecasters, you know, earnings continue to be strong, manufacturing continues to be very strong, overall market breadth, meaning how many stocks are participating, continues to be extremely strong. So yes, there are worries and some parts that we're a little, little concerned with, but the underlining pinnings that have gotten this bull market where it is and why, you know, small caps are up 10% for the year and NASDAQ 
NASDAQ up 13. S&P will call it 6% on a total return basis. There are still a lot of positives the second half of this year why we think the overall bull market still has some legs to them. Well, Ryan, you'd think we would be getting used to the return of volatility now. It certainly has come back uh, with a vengeance for the calendar year of 2018, much more volatile than the than the markets had been the previous two years. And when looking at this uh, market outlook, the mid-year market outlook, we see that you expect the ups and downs to certainly continue? We do. Clearly, like I just kind of talked about in the last question, this is a nine-year economic cycle. Uh, you tend to see more vol- volatility later in the cycle. But here's what ha- we think's happened. We had a 15-month win streak on the S&P 500 until the start of this year. We were spoiled by that lack of volatility. We've seen two 10% corrections this year already. We wouldn't be surprised if there was another one sometime in the second half of this year as we get into the troublesome September, August, October months that you tend to see during a mid-year election year like we are. But again, that's normal. Volatility is normal. You see about a 15% correction most years on average. The good news, most of those years finish positive and sometimes in double-digit returns with those corrections when you don't go into a recession. We don't see any sign of a recession happening, so we continue to be a buyer of those dips. Right. I'm going to, pardon me, I'm going to throw a a little bit of a curveball at you. This is outside the mid-year outlook, but it really does dovetail with the theme of our show today. We're talking on the show today about behavior change. And one of the things that I believe has to happen for more people to actually win financially is they've got to change their behavior in terms of who they listen to about what's going on with the economy and the markets. And I'm really talking about these constant uh, perma bears out there that, that just all the time feel like we are just about to go over the cliff. We're just about to blow things up and, and that type of thing. And and I've got to hand it to you guys. You guys have obviously a very clear eye on what's going on in the market and, and don't necessarily sway perma bull or perma bear. But I would love for you to just talk a little bit about the influence of those voices that are out there and and why people tend to, to maybe gravitate to those folks that, that say, the end is near. Wow, John, that, that is a great question. In honor of the, obviously the All Star Game just last night, um, you know, I guess a curveball is good, and I've got to be ready for him. So <laughs> let's let's look at it like this. You know, let's be honest. When you sound bearish, you almost sound like you're on the same side of the table as someone. You're giving them help. You're giving them a warning sign like, hey, look at this yield curve that's coming. And it's just kind of the way our brains are wired. Whereas if you continue to point out the positives like like we have been for years, as this bull market continue to expand, sometimes your Trump is just a, a perma bowl. But, you know, so that's kind of psychology. And let's be honest, social media, it's been using, you know, things like LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. It's really kind of outed a lot of these guys who have been these perma bears for so long and it's really helped a lot of people who have been correct i mean back in uh late february you know myself and my manager john lynch our chief investment strategist were going on tv and writing in our weekly commentary saying hey this is a buying opportunity do not panic whereas a lot of big other shops and firms and people were saying the exact opposite a recession's coming a bear market is coming so you know in a way there's a lot of scorecards with a quick google search you can see what people were saying and hopefully in the end have a good process like we think we have at LPL Research, leveraging our five forecasters. You know, the saying is, you guys know, I'm going to say it again. We say bull markets do not die of old age. They die of excesses, whether it be overspending, over leverage, overconfidence. Guys, we're simply not seeing the overs and the excesses we've seen at major market peaks before in the economy. And we think for that reason, again, as I've just kind of laid out, this bull market definitely will last the rest of this year and hopefully maybe another year or two. Hey, Ryan, with all the excitement coming from the stock market, what is the research department's view on bonds for the rest of the year. Right. Well, obviously, coming into this year, we were in the camp where we were going to have higher rates. And for that reason, we thought bonds would be relatively flat to just slightly higher. Now, with the higher surge we've seen in rates so far this year, and the bonds have obviously struggled. Bonds are one of their worst first quarters they've had in years. Now, they bounce back a little in the second quarter. So overall, we continue to think, yes, there's a place for fixed income assets in your in a portfolio. Of course, it's all based on how long you how aggressive you are and how long until your retirement comes. So there's always a place for it. But we'd still be a little underweight when it comes to fixed income as we continue to think a little bit higher yields. But for the year, we've said the 10-year yield should be between about 275 and 325. That's right about where we are right now. So we do think you know bonds could probably have a little bit better second half of the year than they did the first half of the year. But still overall, we, we'd be um, comfortably in the equity over bonds camp once again here. 
As you mentioned, Ryan, a couple of questions ago, not seeing the excesses, and that's what you look for when it comes to warning signs or trouble spots in the economy. What, though, do you see out there if, as you look ahead for not just the next six months, but when you mentioned maybe the expansion could t- could continue for up to a year or more, what are the risks that we should be looking for in the economy over the next six months, let's say? Sure. Well, clearly we've got the headlines geopolitical risk. Of course, we have potential trade issues, but we've been on record saying we don't think those are going to be quite the concern that a lot of people expect them to be. But honestly, when you get down to it, we think, you know, the Fed may be a Fed policy mistake. The Fed says they might raise rates two times this year. They very well could raise rates three to four times next year if things continue to be strong. As things stand right now, that would push the yield curve into an inverted yield curve. And as I've said before, that isn't the end of the world, but it does suggest you're getting very late in the cycle. So a potential policy mistake with a little bit higher than expected inflation uh, under the surface as things continue to heat up a little bit, those are kind of the, again, we wouldn't say they keep us up at night, but it's kind of the last thing we think about before we go to bed that does concern us, though. Hey, Ryan, I've got a question just for for listeners to kind of help get an image of the research department. We talk about the research department on a regular basis, but I don't think that the average investor out there really understands what do you guys do? How do you spend your time and what can that mean for an investor? Well, here at LPL Research, you know, we're a 50-person research team. I'm on the markets team. We manage models and portfolios. We work very closely with our designers and our creative design team to create the award-winning charts and figures that we've talked about when it comes to our mid-year outlook. We have the marketing department. We work closely with our uh, compliance team. You know, we do everything we can to help our advisors as much as possible. You know, whether that be the commentaries, whether that be managing models, whether it be just calls like this or webinars. We, we are always there to help our advisors. And let's think about it in early February when we had that volatility, the 10% correction in nine days. We did special market calls. We did special client letters. We have a blog, lplresearch.com. We were doing three to four client approved blogs a day. So when things get volatile and our advisors need us, that's when we like to say we step up to the plate the best that we can. And we are here to help however we can. But in the end, it's a blast. I get to wake up and talk markets all day with my friends. And it's just a lot of fun. And a lot of us in research feel that exact same way. We love to help, but we also love to talk markets. So it's um, it's a job, but it's also a lot of fun. Oh, you mentioned the blogs. You guys are very active on social media as well. So we've got uh, less than a minute here. I want to give you an opportunity because I know people who listen regularly to the Get Ready for the Future show may have heard us say this before, but it's very easy for someone to find what LPL Research is up to. Tell us about some avenues for folks to do that. Absolutely. Easiest way very well could be Twitter, at LPL Research is a Twitter handle. I have a Twitter handle, at Ryan Dietrich, all one word. There's a lot of collateral that we share right away. We, you know, if there's a live jobs number, we're out there tweeting what we think of the jobs number. So it's it's a it's a great avenue for us. Also, we are active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, but Twitter is probably the quickest and easiest way to see what we are up to uh, in real time. And we've definitely grown the LPL brand and our thoughts significantly leveraging social media. All right, Ryan. Well, we thank you once again for your time. Ryan Dietrich, the Chief Market Strategist with LPL Financial, joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show. Your retirement should be more, more than just investments, more about you, and more Get Ready for the Future show. Stay tuned for more. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at GenWealthFA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Our thanks again to Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Research, for joining us in the Get Ready for the Future show. And if you missed any part of that or you just want to hear it again, be looking for it on our podcast. You can check that out on iTunes or Stitcher. All of the Get Ready for the Future shows in the past will eventually be uh, posted there. So if you missed anything or you want to hear anything again, be sure to check out our podcast. That's where the uh, final destination of the Get Ready for the Future show always is. We're talking about some money mistakes the middle class keeps making and how it's behavioral in nature and the benefit of having a financial coach keep you from continuing to make these mistakes. Did you know about half of Americans lived in middle-income households in 2014? And that is a kind of a shifting definition, I think, over the years. But but according to this article, 
the U.S. median household income of between $42,000 and $125,000 per year identifies you as middle class. And one of the mistakes here, John, is racking up too much debt. When you see these statistics, 65% of credit card users carry a balance. And this is a this is a math problem because yeah. the average credit card interest rate is now over 15%. Well, I want to pause for just a second and back up and, and be sure that the people that have household incomes above $125,000 yeah. and are listening to us don't go, oh, well, this doesn't apply to me. No, Joker, this does apply to you. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Because, the you know, more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, in the context of this article, we're talking about middle class. But if you're listening to this show, we're probably talking about you. Mm-hmm. If you carry a balance on your credit card and pay interest on it and you're OK with it, then you're deluding yourself into thinking that you're doing the right thing. Regardless of how much money you make, here's the simplicity of it. Earning interest, good. Paying interest, bad. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. So if you're paying interest out because you can't pay off your debt uh, on a monthly basis, then you're you're sending money to Mr. Visa, Mr. MasterCard, to whomever, when you could be putting that money toward your future or, frankly, even toward your present. You know, it's just wasting money. Here's an exercise for you, Scott. Take out the credit card statement. Take a look at the interest portion Mm -hmm. of that payment. Yeah. And ask yourself two questions. One is what I'm paying on interest on my credit cards more than what I'm putting in my 401k plan. Mm. And secondly, what if you could divert what is being paid on interest to your credit cards to your 401k plan or your IRA or other savings program? Mm -hmm. That will give you some perspective. And then when you start doing the math on that, it's it's huge. And there's even the simple things like paying for a vacation before you go, as opposed to putting it on the credit card and then having the burden of it after you get back. We've seen people over the years who will borrow from their 401k. We're talking about credit card debt, but borrowing from your 401k and taking a vacation and then taking all year to pay that back mm-hmm. one pay period at a time. Not good. The math does not work on this. And they're like, well, I'm paying myself back interest. No, you're losing time in the market. That's mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. And you're lying to yourself about where you are. So be careful about that. The other thing I'll say on debt before we move on is student loans. You know, not everybody needs a college degree. Mm. And you know what? You can work for a living when you're going to college, too. And that's not to say that everybody needs to come out without student debt. I get that for some people, that's just part of the deal. But you need to attack that vigorously because it is going to hold you back. When you talk about mindset and behavioral concepts, too, a lot of people don't even consider things like what you just said, Janet, because it's just assumed in the market or in what they're they're hearing that I'm going to have student loan debt, I'm going to have credit card debt because I'm going to make buying decisions and and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And that does, as John pointed out, pose a detriment to you saving for retirement, but it also doesn't allow you to really build an emergency fund, which is the next one on the list. It does. And and you've got to have that emergency fund so you stay out of debt. Yeah. And and let's just go through the basics. An emergency fund is anywhere from three to six months of your monthly expenses set aside in a savings account. Yes, it's collecting dust. Yes, you're earning very little interest on it over there. That's not the point. It's not an investment. It's insurance. And it allows you to weather those storms, which otherwise would go on the credit card. And I want to point out that that, you know, when you talk about diverting money from paying credit card interest to going to your 401k plan and IRA, the argument could be made of, well, you know, the markets aren't all that great. And, you know, I'm not going to I don't think I'm going to earn that much money and all of this type of thing. Go back to the conversation we had with Ryan Dietrich about following those that don't know what they're talking about in the market. But you have to understand the dynamic of what you're doing. And the solution here at GenWealth that we offer is very simply an educational process yeah. called the cow story. Yeah, absolutely. And the cow story teaches a concept uh, called dollar cost averaging. But basically, the thought process is prices are going to fluctuate. Prices are going to go up. Prices are going to go down. When they go up, if you're putting in the same amount of money every month. Let's say you're putting in $300 a month. When they go up, you buy fewer shares. When they go down, you buy more shares. So that lowers your cost of share acquisition, if you will. Okay. 
it's not going to guarantee against a loss or for a gain, but over time, you need to understand how this dollar cost averaging concept works. I had the the privilege of meeting with a couple recently, guys, who uh, had come in a dozen years ago, and a dozen years ago, the 401k balance was, was not that great. It was okay, but certainly they were not going to be able to retire on it. At this point, a dozen years later, and I haven't seen them in between times, okay, but a dozen years later, they come in and and they've got nice seven-figure balance in, in the 401k, and, and he said, you know what, when 2008 hit, we remembered what you told us. Mm-hmm. We remembered how to respond to that. Here's what we did, and here's how we moved forward. And it, and it's there's nothing magical about the advice that we give. It is just these are the basic truths of preparing for retirement. When the market goes down, if you're still you know not at the point of retirement, you have an opportunity to buy more shares. Do it. Understand the process. We've described it as new money and old money. The Obviously, when you come close to retirement, there's a way that that old money needs to be positioned. But the new money, the money that is going in and still buying, the goal is what? The goal is to accumulate shares, as yes. many shares as possible. And buying the dips, yes. as Ryan talked about in our last segment, when those corrections or those those pullbacks happen in the market, you're buying the dips. Stocks are on sale. Scott, when you talk about building up your retirement assets at GenWealth, we have the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. Now, there's a process as you're getting ready to build up your savings and, and, and going through the process of accumulating money. And then there's a process when you get ready to retire. And so those are actually two different processes under that banner of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. But another aspect of this and another mistake that that people make is not paying attention to their retirement plan and giving it a raise when they get a raise at work. Yeah, there's no question about it. If if you are used to living, first of all, you have to have a budget. But if you are used to living on your paycheck and then your paycheck grows, what's the first place there or where is the first place that that paycheck raise goes to. Well, certainly if you're still paying off debt, if you've got that credit card debt, that needs to be addressed. And we can certainly help you with that when it comes to debt snowballs and things like that. You need to build that emergency fund. But once those two things are set, if you're not giving your retirement a raise, when you get a raise, that's that's a missed opportunity at best. And let me throw out just a different way to look at this. Some people have been taught over the years, you know, put 100% of your raise into your retirement plan. Well, then there's no reward for having, there's no right now reward for having worked harder and having gotten to that point. And so I get it. Maybe it's not 100%, but other people will do it this way. If you got a 4% raise and let's say you were contributing $500 to your retirement, well, increase that by 4%. That's just $20, mm-hmm. but at least it's an increase. And over time, that will make a difference for you. And quite frankly, that goes back to our planning process because we can figure that in when it comes to our retirement analysis to see how your assets can grow over time. We can plug in how much you need to be increasing your uh, contribution rates to your retirement plans. So that's one, not giving your retirement a raise when you get one. Another one is relying entirely on a 401k plan. There's all sorts of directions we can go here on why you might need to look outside the 401k. We'll start by saying, make sure you get the employer match. We can't yep. tell you how many people are not contributing enough yeah. to get the employer match, but get the free money. Get the money that your employer is offering. Hopefully you know how much that is. If not, talk to your HR person. But then once you're once you're getting the full match, it may be worth an evaluation of what to do next. Absolutely. And I think the first stop, Janet, is to to take a look and see if you can get money into a Roth IRA in in, in a direct way. And yeah. if you can't do it in a direct way, explore the possibility of going through the back door of a Roth IRA. But but the point of it is is putting money in a Roth IRA over and above your match gives you some asset diversification in terms of where how it's going to be taxed when you retire. Right. And so regardless of how much money you make, everybody 
can ultimately contribute to a Roth IRA, either directly or if you can't do it directly. As John mentioned, there's what's called a backdoor Roth contribution. It doesn't matter how much you make, you can do that. The other thing I'll say while we're talking about Roths is inside your 401k, if you have the option to do a Roth contribution rather than a traditional contribution, depending on your age and proximity to retirement, the younger you are, the more advantageous that will be for you. But absolutely, that's something that you want to talk to a financial advisor about. Yeah, a lot of uh, employers are starting to offer those Roth components to their 401k and certainly an option for you there. But the other thing, too, is investment choice. We talk about this, too, inside of that yeah. 401k. And the average, the last time I read stats on this, the average number of investment choices inside a person's 401k was about 10 to 15. But I'll tell you, I think that number's going down. I've seen quite a few yeah. that have had maybe a handful of target date funds and maybe four individual mutual funds. Well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why that is. The regulatory structure yes. on 401k plans is getting more and more and more intense. You see these headlines of employers being sued for having some funds in their 401k that somebody didn't like for whatever reason. Mm. And so the employers are going, okay, we're just going to make this as plain vanilla as possible. We are our own worst enemy when we come, when it comes to this, because we are homogenizing our investment choices a hundred percent based solely on cost. Mm. Cost is a factor. It should not be the determining factor. So if you've heard a few things you'd like to know a little bit more on, or you'd like to sit down with a financial coach, a financial advisor here at GenWealth, there's a number to call to do that, 501-653-7355 to get the process started, 501-653-7355. We'll be back for our final segment after this. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for GenWealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA. More straight talk about money after this break. This ain't your mama's financial advice. Turn it up because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Our final segment on this Saturday morning, if you missed that Ryan Dietrich interview, one of the things we talked about during LPL Research's debuting of the mid-year market outlook is that you have an opportunity to hear more about that in person at the mid-year market outlook. It's our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop. It's July 26th. That's just next Thursday, 630 at the Crown Plaza. This is a free event. We never charge for attendance to the Gen Wealth Academy workshops. This is education in nature. Nothing will be sold. This is just a presentation taking the uh, LPL research presentation of the mid-year market outlook, where things are headed, where things could potentially be headed over the next six months for the rest of 2018. If you're interested in the economy and the markets and investing, it's a great opportunity for you. All you have to do to sign up is go to our website. GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. We just need a record of how many are coming. Dinner will be provided again at 630 on Thursday at the Crown Plaza. I hope you can fit that into your schedule. So let me address who needs to be there because this can sound like uh, an investment geek fest. If you, you know, if you just listen to the description of it, it really can. That's not what this is. This, hey, I'm presenting, so it's not an investment geek fest. I'll tell you. Truth. But so on a practical basis, if you look at your 401k investment choices and go, I have no clue what I'm doing. What do I need to invest in? And you have the conversation at the water cooler with a buddy and go, what do I need to invest in? And nobody really knows. This is where you need to be. Or if you're one of those folks that get bothered by those nattering nabobs of negative uh, negativism, uh, I was out trying there. to say you couldn't say it twice, but you couldn't, <laughs> say, it couldn't once. say it once. That was a lot of alliteration there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Spiro Agnew thing from way back when. But uh, uh, if you are bothered by the noise that's out there from people that just are telling you that the end is near and you need to, I don't know, buy guns and ammo or whatever the case yeah, may be, yeah. then you probably ought to come get some real financial advice. Yeah. And and get some real direct 
input from us on what's happening in the economy and the markets, not just from John and Janet and Scott, but from LPL Research. We're going to communicate all of the depth that they have put into the mid-year outlook, and we'll bring that to you at the Crown Plaza. Great opportunity to meet some members of the Gen Wealth team, the members of this radio program, and then, of course, more members uh, that you may have heard the voices on the radio or maybe not. Uh, many of us will be there on hand for the mid-year market outlook. Check us out online, getreadyforthefuture.com. Also, many other things on that website, how to get in touch with us if you'd like to send us an email or set an appointment, and other resources for you as you begin navigating your way through uh, your investments, your financial future. And talking about navigating, we're finishing up our money mistakes that the middle class keeps making. But as John pointed out when we teed this thing up, it's not just the middle class. Everybody is susceptible to these behavioral issues. The next one is delaying retirement savings. You know, you've shared the story before, John, about uh, talking with a client early on in your days as a financial advisor, and he was told by a CPA of all people that he's too young to be saving for retirement. At the time, he was a 25-year-old law enforcement officer and was told that he did not need to be saving money in a Roth IRA because he was too young. He needed to be doing something else with that money. And I just was flabbergasted by that. And so that's become almost this this uh, specter, if you will, yeah. of, of just the wrong thing to do. And that's not a, an indictment on CPAs. This guy just didn't understand the power of compound interest. Mm-hmm. And so what, here's what you got to understand. When you're saving for retirement, you're not doing some drudgery that that has no benefit for you. What you are doing is you are building your house of future income independence because there's going to come a day when you either can't or don't want to work anymore. Or you're going to die. One of the two. You know, that's just the, the 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 crossroads that you're at in life. You're either going to have that situation, whether where you need to have income coming in because you can't work anymore, or because you don't want to work anymore, or you're not going to make it. If you don't make it, then it doesn't matter. But <laughs> it might matter for the next. Most generation. of us are going to make it. Most of us are going to make it. it. Might matter for your spouse. So you've got to think about this as being a very positive thing that you're doing for yourself. And most people don't put off positive things that they can do. Right. You know, if it's something fun and positive, I like to go get after it. I like to, you know, do it and do it in in basketfuls because I like to do positive things. And so when you're saving for retirement, change your mindset and understand that you are building that house of your future income independence. I think many times the people who delay retirement savings do it because, number one, they don't understand it and you fear what you don't understand. And, and number two, there's nobody standing there going, hey, you need to do this. You know, like there's not a checklist when you're 25 that says start contributions to your 401k. But if you will work with a financial advisor, that cures both of those challenges. You're you're going to get to a point where you understand it better than you do now, and you actually will have a checklist of things that you need to do in order to prepare for retirement. There is a reason that you put a clock on the Gen Wealth logo. It takes yes. time. And the more time you have, in other words, the earlier you get started, the better that you have an opportunity to let that compound interest take effect. It's not a microwave. It is a slow cooker. There is no question about it. It's a crock pot plan. That's right. That's right. That's what we call it, right? It's a crock pot plan, not a microwave plan. And building that house of retirement income independence takes time. And it takes checkpoints along the way too. You know, as you get as you get further down the line and get closer to retirement, one of these mistakes on our list is forgetting to update beneficiary designations on retirement accounts or life insurance policies or even annuities. And that's something that can easily slip through the cracks. You don't know how many people out there have their ex spouse on their life insurance policies and four hundred one K plans. It's fun when that is discovered in an appointment with the current spouse that the ex spouse is actually still on a beneficiary designation. So get that. I have a football helmet that I keep under the table when that happens. You know, (laughs) put this thing on here while we have this discussion. You know, the vast majority of the time, it is not intentional. It just gets overlooked, and and that's something that we do here 
as a team of advisors at GenWealth is part of our review process. When we sit down to review uh, accounts and everything with our clients is to go through beneficiary designations because, you know, in most cases, it's not that it's an ex-spouse, but sometimes there are other changes and you go, nope, we need to change that from what we had even just a year ago, much less 10 years ago. Our final one here before we run out of time is spending too much on depreciating assets. And you've heard that uh, that line that the, your car that you buy brand new from the dealer is worth less the moment you drive it off the lot than it was when you when you bought it. And sure. that, that's v- very true. The average car payment in this country at the end of 2016 was $506 per month. I bet it's higher than that now. And 68 months long, I'd heard it was actually up to 72 now. So obviously we are used to paying for cars. That goes back to the debt, but it also goes back to your soaking money into something that is going to continue to go down in value. John and I both as owners at GenWealth have GenWealth vehicles that we drive. We bought both of those used. Newsflash, there's financial advisors buying used vehicles. Now, he loves his vehicle. I love my vehicle. You know, I got something I really enjoy, but I got it for basically half the price because somebody else had already paid the depreciation on it. And I got it for its true value, not value plus way big markup. Yeah. Full disclosure. I love cars. Mm -hmm. I I, I do. I love you know, fast cars. I love stylish cars. I, 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 that's what I want in a car. And, but I don't want the 60 or $70,000 price tag that no, comes with that. No. I don't know that I could sleep at night making those payments, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you, you get one that is, is depreciated. It's maybe got a few thousand miles on it or something like that. And you can buy it way cheaper. You got to have transportation without a doubt, but you don't have to spend more on your transportation than you're spending on your future income. And, and when I, what I mean by that is take a look at how much your car payment is, take a look at how much your deferral into your 401k plan is and and ask yourself, am I in balance here? Is this something that I need to do or do I need to have behavior change? And I think behavior change comes when you affiliate yourself with a coach and and actually walk through the process of putting together a sound financial plan. Well, I remember years ago, um, some relatively comfortable clients financially um, came in and they were talking about just everything on the docket for them. And they talked about vehicle payments and we had that conversation. And I remember she leaned back and said, well, I mean, you're always going to have a car payment. And then we had another conversation. (laughs) My parents never once had a car payment. My mom's in her 70s. She has never one time in her life had a car payment. There was a period of time when Stephen and I did. There will never be another one Mm. when we do. Mm. And that's our choice. And it it just makes life so much easier when you have the freedom of that money every pay period. All right, avoiding these money mistakes. We've got a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about, we've we've mentioned the GenWealth Foundations program for people who are building assets, just getting started. That's going to be rolled out next month. If you'd like to learn more about that, don't wait until next month to come in. You can set an appointment with a GenWealth Financial Advisor at 501-653-7355. What about for folks nearing retirement? Because many people, maybe they haven't entirely avoided these money mistakes, but they've persevered and they've pushed through them and now they have assets and they're about ready to retire. Scott, the GenWealth Ready to Retire process is is here for you to make that transition from accumulation to distribution of your retirement assets. Understand that you're playing a different game. We've been in baseball season. We're about to go into football season. Different rules, different game. And so same thing here. You've been in the accumulation mode. You're about to go into the decumulation mode or the income mode. You need someone to sit down with you and help you to construct that house of income independence. It starts with building a foundation of income. It starts with having the ability to increase your income over time because things are going to be more expensive as you go through retirement. It's not just about getting a fixed amount of money that you live on for 15, 20, 30 years, however long you're going to be retired. It is about increasing that money over time. So that is a a big part of it. We use the income for life model as part of the process. And it is exactly what we believe you need to do as far as planning your income and retirement is concerned. 501-653-7355. 501 
653-7355 to set your first complimentary appointment with a Gen Wealth Advisor. And don't forget about the mid-year market outlook on Thursday. Sign up at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Have a great weekend. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. We'll